Welcome, everybody, and thanks for joining us on episode 30 of Health Talk with Dr. Kell. We are in the middle of a four-part series discussing sleep. We talked about how the foods you eat can affect your ability to fall asleep and stay asleep. Last week, we talked about sleep and exercise and how the intensity of your exercise and when you do it can affect your ability to get restful sleep. This week, we'll discuss sleep deprivation and your emotions. Emotions are bodily reactions that are activated through neurotransmitters and hormones released by the brain. Have you ever felt moody or sensitive after a poor night of sleep? Do you tend to be cranky when tired? Do you feel sluggish and unable to cope with stress? Sleep is crucial for regulating your emotional health. We're not sure which came first, poor sleep or depression and anxiety, but there is a bi-directional relationship between the two. Dr. Kell tells us, sleep for the brain is like gas for the car. Driving on empty won't get you far. Fill her up. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Health Talk with Dr. Kell. I'm Nikki Sterner, and today we are in the third part of a four-part series on sleep. Today, we're discussing sleep deprivation and your emotions. But before we get started, I wanted to say hi to Dr. Kell. Good morning, Nikki. Good morning. And we're going to do a quote of the day. So... If you always do what you've always done, you'll always be where you've always been by T.D. Jakes. And that is so true. I feel like sometimes we get stuck because we just do the same thing over and over again. And we sit and think to ourselves like, oh, my gosh, I, I need a change. And you really do something in your daily habits or your daily routine. Right, Dr. Kell? Absolutely. And that's a big problem with all of us, especially as we get older. We, we like consistency and we don't like change. Because uh, when our routine gets changed, it causes stress. And, uh, yeah. But the problem is, if we're not moving forward, we're, we're stagnant or we're falling behind. Uh, so you got to keep stimulating the brain. you got to keep stimulating the body and moving forward and, and coming up with new goals and, and live really a fuller and happier life. Don't you agree? You're so right, because I just started this audiobook narration course, and it is a lot of learning. Like, there is such a big learning curve. I am deeply stressed out <laughs> over the first week. You know, everything that I don't know, I'm like, oh, wow, this is a lot. But it is very exciting. So it is both. It's stressful, and it is exciting. It's challenging my brain to learn a lot and to push myself. And I'm sure you are doing the same thing with something. Tell me what you're doing right now, Dr. Kell. Doing all kinds of things. We're creating new products for Ocean Bay Naturals. We're, I, I'm, I'm learning a, a whole lot about how all these online uh, companies work, like Amazon, Walmart.com, eBay, etc. And that, uh, usually I would leave to other people, but I decided I want to learn it all myself, along with studying lots of articles for the podcast, yeah. like today. Article of the day. Are we ready for that, Nikki? Yes, let's jump into the article of the day. Okay, we've talked about this before, but I wanted to bring it up again because it's such a big issue and people are really unaware of it. They, we we kind of love to in a state where what we just talked about, we're like content with what is going on now. And we're going to talk about phthalates, P-H-T-H-A-L-A-T-E-S is how that's spelled. If anybody wants to look that up, those are plastics, chemicals and plastics, plastic in the environment. And where more and more information is constantly coming up about these things and how detrimental they are to the body. Uh, Dr. Leonardo Trasande, professor of pediatric environmental medicine and health at NYU, let's see, Langen Health in New York City. He wrote an article 
and has done several studies over the past many years on the problems with plastics and what they're doing to us, really shortening our life and also our function of our brain and our body. Phthalates are known to interfere with the body's mechanism for hormone production, known as the endocrine system, and they are linked with the developmental, reproductive, brain, immune, and other problems. Even small hormonal disruption can cause significant developmental and biological effects, according to these studies. And we see these chemicals in almost everything these days, especially in plastics. They do, uh, some studies show that the thicker the plastic, the less likely to leach. But I mean, you, you ever picked up a, a water bottle? They say they've made them PPA free, but the simple fact is plastic water bottle is very thin. A lot of people will leave those in their car. They'll heat up and all that. The hotter that plastic gets, the more it leaches these phthalates into the water that we're drinking. So maybe sent through a purifier to get out the uh, the metals and other toxins that are in it, but then you put them back in when you got them in the water. So we suggest if you're drinking water, using a filter, our modern day filters don't take out the plastics. I think people are working on trying to get that done, but currently mm -hmm. they don't work. Uh, but they're in everything. They're in our shampoos, perfumes, or on children's toys. Dr. Transende uh, talks about, since he's over pediatrics, talks about he's actually the studies are making direct connections between the function of children's brains and these plastics. Big thing to be concerned about. Just wanted to bring that up. Want to remind people. Want, also wanted to mention how it affects the hormone system. And Very and interesting. It, yeah. A few things I wanted to touch on. Sure, I do ahead. agree with you. The plastic water bottles, I hate drinking out of them. Like I have to do it when we go on trips a lot of times, but we don't travel that often. But when we do... I can taste the plastic in the water. It's so gross. I don't think you can taste it as much when the water is, is cold, but when it's like room temperature, for me, I can taste it. So that, and then also you said shampoos. I never thought about that, but yeah, all shampoo and conditioner bottles are in plastic. But, oh, you're probably saying the actual shampoo itself has a chemical in it that is a phthalate? Um, yeah, they're actually uh, products that they put into the... Uh, you know, when they mix the chemicals together, you don't know where how they store those chemicals. And some of those chemicals themselves have plastic derivatives in them. And so you're getting uh, several things. A lot of women's cosmetics, creams, lotions, shampoos, uh, all these different products that we use as hygiene, uh, deodorants. It's one of the reasons we created a natural deodorant without anything's in, any of these things in them. We sell them in glass, amber glass mm -hmm. bottles for potency and for... Uh, to, to keep this out. So even if the bottle gets hot, it's there's nothing in there that that's plastic that's going to get into the human body and have any detrimental effects. A lot of people think yeah. about, uh, well, the simple reality is people don't think about these things, you know. For years they didn't think about cigarettes, even though people keep smoking and then they started vaping and, you know, I mean, we could go on and on, but uh, we're essentially... Yeah. Uh, damaging our, our bodies over time. When you're young, you don't think much about it, and then you get old and everything starts falling apart, and you wonder why. So yeah. <clears throat> this is why. This is why. Yeah. Um, maybe you don't care. Maybe you figure, oh, I'm here a short time, and it doesn't really matter. And But uh, we're speaking to those that care and, and that it matters yeah. to and trying to wake up the world along with the rest of these scientists. Um, yeah. Any other questions about that? The packaging is all plastic. You think about it, even like the cardboard box that it comes in there's a plastic bag in there so it's rubbing off on all the food that we eat yes yeah big problem big problem what can you do about it nikki 
Do you know what you can do about it? I mean, make everything from scratch. <laughs> here's, here's suggestions from Dr. Uh, Transcende. Use unscented lotions and laundry detergents. Use cleaning supplies without scents. Use glass, stainless steel, ceramic, or wood to hold and store foods. Buy fresh or frozen fruits and vegetables instead of canned and processed versions. Avoid air fresheners and all plastic labeled as number three, number six, or number seven. Avoid microwaving and machine washing plastics. So you have so many plastic containers that say microwave safe. Well, guess what? When it heats up, it still leaches the plastic into the food. Another reason why, uh, you know, it says there to, to do unscented things. One of the reasons in our, our all-natural deodorant nature uh, we went with uh, essential oils is because they give off a scent, um, a natural scent, and are also healthy for the skin and um, for the body. All these things out there that are uh, synthetically scented, or, or uh, some of them might call themselves natural scents, um, but they actually typically uh, heat them up, mix them with other things. They may process them in plastics. Um, mm. This is why we did it this way, to avoid the plastics getting into any of our products. And we're doing that, we do that with all our products. We're coming out with many new ones and all based on being healthy and, and good for the body. Yeah, yours are healing versus a lot of those have chemicals in them, chemical scents, chemical ingredients. Yes. I mean, and you think about the reality of all this is people don't, on a certain level, they're, they're, they may be uneducated or they just don't care. You know, it takes, like we talked about earlier, effort to uh, make a difference. You've got to go through and really understand what's happening here and why it matters. Uh, the yeah. body is amazing. As you, When you're young, developing these things can damage it at a young age. But it usually damage, the, those that get damaged tend to be a small percentage. The general population seems to, the body's resilience is amazing. And it's <clears throat> interesting how it tends to be able to, to endure these things, but as it gets older, it endures less and less, and then all these diseases start start uh, coming out, and everybody just kind of blinks and goes, "Why is that?" You know, what well, we're trying to tell you why. Wow! So good article. Yes. Uh, yeah. Let's move on to sleep. Okay, sleep deprivation and your emotions. Tell me, Doctor Cal. Tell me about it. Well, sleep to the brain is like gas to the car. I like that. I the, love that. The uh, without the fuel it needs, the car is useless. What we need to really consider there is if you're not sleeping you need to figure out why because it's so important to get a good night's sleep do you sleep well nikki yes for the most part i do sometimes i get up to use the bathroom but for the most part well and as you get older like myself you have to get up and use the bathroom more frequently than you do when you're younger <laughs> you're, for some reason the bladder uh, doesn't hold things as well probably due to all those plastics i've been exposed to all these years <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Uh, here's a statistic. We're going to go over a few statistics first about sleep and lack of sleep and what it's doing to you. It okay. says Americans are notoriously sleep deprived, but those with psychiatric conditions are even more likely to be yawning and groggy during the day. Chronic sleep problems affect 50 to 80 percent of patients in a typical psychiatric practice, compared with mm -hmm. less, roughly 20 percent of adults in the general U.S. population. Sleep problems are particularly common in patients with anxiety, depression, bipolar disorder, ADHD, schizophrenia, also connected to uh, type 2 diabetes and heart conditions. They're, they're making lots of connections now with how lack of sleep can uh, 
be very unhealthy for you. Inflammatory processes affecting your immune system. We're so concerned about COVID and other viruses damaging our body and killing us. Uh, and, and how the immune system is so important for it to function normally. Well, sleep is a big important part of that. If you're not getting good sleep, along with good nutrition, you're much more susceptible to your body succumbing to COVID and, and other disorders and mm. diseases. Okay, so here's some more statistics, unless you had a question or comment, Nikki. Yeah, go ahead, please. Okay, under this one, uh, let's see, Sleep and Mood by Dr. Lawrence J. Epstein. He basically, I'm just going to read some of his comments here. He said, Sleep and mood are closely connected. Poor or inadequate sleep can cause irritability and stress. Ever had that problem? Well, healthy sleep can enhance well-being. Chronic insomnia may increase the risk of developing a mood disorder such as anxiety and depression. Poor sleep and feelings of depression or anxiety can be helped through a variety of treatments, starting with improved sleep habits and, if needed, extending to behavioral intervention and or assessment for sleep or mood disorder. And so, of course, he's recommending to see your psychologist and psychiatrist, but there's a lot of a lot of medical businesses out there that, that work directly with sleep. I work with sleep problems uh, mm-hmm. via hypnotherapy, which can work very well, and also working with brain training, training the brain to, uh, you know, as you go through and you sleep, you your brain during the day is producing different brain waves. Basically, five different brain wave patterns, or at least five that are referred to, and probably can go more in depth than that, but on the base basis of that you have during the day you're in alpha or beta waves uh, going back and forth. Alpha is the highest brainwave patterns and that's where your brain is really running on high and then alpha and beta back and forth and sometimes you have those down cycles during the day where you go through theta waves. Well, those periods where you're feeling a little sleepy, that's mm-hmm. your, your brain's in theta. Um, <laughs> and, and when you actually lay down to go to sleep at night, you go from your brain actually begins slowing down from the alpha, the beta to theta and then into the other brainwave patterns. Uh, delta. Delta, yes, thank you. Uh, <laughs> delta 1, Delta 2, and Delta 3. Um, oh. See, you know this stuff, Nikki. And in your deepest sleep, in REM sleep, you're in Delta, and, and that's the time when your brain is, is functioning properly and going to the point to where it can actually uh, fit your body the most for healing and uh, restoring your health. And that's what occurs during sleep. You probably know firsthand that sleep affects mood. After a sleepless night... You may be more irritable, short-tempered, and vulnerable to stress. Once you sleep well, your mood often returns to normal. Studies have shown that even partial sleep deprivation has a significant effect on mood. University of Pennsylvania researchers found that subjects who were limited to only 4.5 hours of sleep a night for one week reported feeling more stressed, angry, and mentally exhausted. When the subjects resumed normal sleep, they reported a dramatic improvement in mood. Not only does sleep affect mood, but mood and mental states can also affect your sleep. So we another thing to go into, they consider sleeping problems bidirectional. Back to the chicken and egg thing is, are your health problems, such as anxiety and stress, causing you to lose sleep? Or is the lack of sleep causing anxiety and stress? And the answer mm-hmm. is yes. They compound each other. Um, I have the, the opinion that, that, that it starts with the, everything from sleeping problems to stressful circumstances during the day for instance you know you go through some traumatic experiences that's causing you stress and anxiety Uh, you lay down to go to sleep and you can't sleep because your mind won't stop thinking about those stressful circumstances or situations right Mm -hmm. people with ptsd uh, everybody's got ptsd these days Uh, you even even have a mild 
disruptive uh, situation in your life and oh my, you have PTSD. Not to downplay PTSD, but I mean, if you're the PTSD, when you first started hearing that term, it was related to people who had been in the military and fought in, in, a, in a war or been in a very, you know, police officers um, where, where you're in extremely stressful situations and you see people die or get injured and you've been in car accidents, things like that, that are, that are real extreme or you've been maimed in some way in a fire or that now it's if you walk across the street and, and somebody honks at you, you've got PTSD. Um, well, I think a lot of people have like... Um chronic, like long-term PTSD, where they're exposed to a certain type of relationship or a certain type of person, you know, over time that just kind of changes the way that they react because... Well, it does. And, and if you're, you're having both a combination of, of the experiences, you know, you look at, I look at healthcare, like as a doctor of chiropractic, I've treated a lot of people with injuries. Well, some people come in to me that have a recent injury. They've had a sports injury or been in an auto accident. It's easy to see, okay, they, they hurt themselves, damaged some tissues, and okay, we need to just work on healing those tissues. And then you have someone come in who, say they have carpal tunnel syndrome and they're pain in their wrist. It's been caused by repetitive motion. So over time that's occurred, you can't tie it to a specific incident. And, and this kind of is the same thing with sleep. Most likely with sleep, it's for a lot of people, it could be a single incident that caused the initial disruption. But if you're, let's say you're in an abusive relationship and you're constantly being belittled by a spouse, there's an example of ongoing trauma. Or, or you're in a kind of job where it's very, very physical and stressful. I can't imagine uh, build, being someone who's a high-rise builder or, or a bridge builder. Uh, that kind of environment being up, way up high yeah. for some, maybe extremely stressful day in and day out. A truck driver. I can't imagine driving a truck all the time across the country. We're hearing about all the problems with, uh, with uh, backlogs and, and, and goods traveling around the country, well, that's got to be stressing all those people out in the, in the ports, the shipping ports. A lot of the emotional trauma is what I was kind of referring to with the relationships, whether it was a parent, you know, who didn't know any better or the way they were raised. There's a lot of that surfacing now. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, a lot of these problems start in childhood, and, and you're right. Uh, uh, if, if you have a poor relationship, parent and child, that can definitely lead to all these problems, and they're linking all this thing to learning disorders. Um, so wow. if you're really stressed out as a kid and and you're not getting any help and you're not sleeping well, now when you get up and you go to school and you're trying to learn, I think this is one of the things they need to be spending more time looking at. Those, those children who are not progressing or doing well in school, I would bet you that a good percentage of those kids are not getting a good night's sleep. Yeah, I would agree with that. A good night's sleep and they're maybe trouble with a parent yes you know that's causing the stress and that's causing the sleeping problems yeah uh, so in that case it probably started with the stressful circumstances i wanted to talk a little bit more about the science now the uh, amygdala do you know what the amygdala is something in your body it's in the brain Uh, amygdala (laughs) amygdala is in the brain amygdala prefrontal cortex and the amygdala are connected to each other and the hypothalamus and the pituitary gland are in the prefrontal cortex. And all these, uh, these parts of the brain affect your emotions and your stress levels and, and are tied to the need for sleep. Let me just share something here. It says the amygdala is in charge of our emotional response. 
But to do its job correctly, it needs it to sleep because that's the time it's allocated to process emotions. When we miss out on sleep, the amygdala goes into overdrive, causing our immediate emotional reaction to intensify. One study using MRR brain scans showed that the amygdala was around 60% more emotionally reactive in participants who were sleep-deprived compared to those who were at rest or received a good night's sleep. So, and then when the amygdala isn't the only thing in the brain that affects sleep, um, it's connected to the prefrontal cortex. The prefrontal cortex does a lot of impressive things, one of which is being the voice of reason to our emotions. Uh, do, you ever, do you ever associate with somebody that's totally unreasonable? <laughs> yes. No matter what you say or no matter how you try to uh, <laughs> rationalize with somebody, Sometimes mm-hmm. you meet people that uh, there's just no reasoning, and it's either maybe due to their lack of understanding, but it also could be due to their sleep deprivation. Oh. <laughs> and it says the prefrontal cortex controls our impulses. So if you're an impulsive person, you don't think through things or plan things, you may find that you're dealing with, uh, even if you feel like you sleep, people, people can lay down and go to sleep and be asleep all night, but their brain may never get into deep sleep. And that can cause some problems as well, and, and that needs to be analyzed if you're having some a lot of emotional problems, uh, but you think you're still sleeping okay, you, you probably need to get evaluated because you may not be able to be getting into deep forms of sleep. So mm. your prefrontal cortex can't do its job properly when we don't sleep well. Much of this has to do with a disruption in communication between the amygdala and the prefrontal cortex. The disruption of the amygdala in combination with the prefrontal cortex is what makes us more vulnerable to mood swings, erratic behavior, and increased emotional reactivity when we lose sleep. This is also why all parents dread when their teenagers come home from a sleepover. <laughs> you done any sleepovers? Have you ever noticed that? The kids drag in the next day? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Lack of sleep causes chemical imbalances in the brain. Other things that influence that brain produces over 50 different hormones. Uh, uh, hormones that influence appetite, weight, mood, immunity, growth, and healing, along with many other functions. Lack of sleep messes up the communication between the brain and its messengers, causing our hormones to act incorrectly or deliver misinformation to the body. Sleep deprivation poses such a dangerous threat to mental health, there's a lot of risk in our hormones don't deliver the correct information across the body. Hormone disruption caused by lack of sleep is mainly due to how sleep affects the endocrine system, particularly the hypothalamus, which is attached to the pituitary gland. The endocrine system consists of several glands that secrete hormones. The mastermind behind the endocrine system is the hypothalamus. The primary responsibility of the hypothalamus is to maintain balance in the body, including hormonal balance. It tells the glands of the endocrine system when to produce certain hormones and what those hormones should be doing. So all of that function takes place, the majority of it, during sleep. And so if you're not sleeping, everything gets messed up. And so sleep is just critical to to our good health. And and if you're not sleeping, you need to do something about that. At night, the hypothalamus instructs certain glands of the endocrine system to physically produce the following hormones and regulate others. Uh, We've all heard of cortisol, right? Everybody's, uh, everything's in the news about cortisol and weight gain. And, and if you're producing too much cortisol, cortisol is produced in the adrenal glands. Um, if you're producing too much cortisol, your body is in overdrive. You can't relax. You're stressed out more. Um, diet supplements out there to claim to claim to block hor- uh, cortisol. Uh, you go on a low-carb diet, your, your cortisol levels, levels seem to 
seem to drop. So those are emotion related issues. I, I, I notice when I'm on a higher protein diet, lower carb, higher fat, I, I do feel in many ways more, uh, I don't know if I want to use the word calm, uh, less talkative, uh, less, um, less emotional. And, that, and that's why. Uh, Which type of diet makes you feel l- less emotional? L- low carb. Low, low carb, carb di- type diet, whether it's the keto diet or, or the Atkins type diets. I mean, really, they're the same. One, the keto diet, you got more fat than protein in the diet, uh, whereas the other is a little more protein than fat. In my opinion, the high fat one is, is less healthy than the other. So, anyway, that's what we're covering there. Any, any questions there? Oh, I suppose we should now talk about what do you do about it? What can you do about this, Nikki? What, what simple things can, can you do to uh, help? There are simple things. Of course, if it's you need to figure out um, if it's subtle or if it's intense. Subtle things, simple things you can try changing. Example, so see, here's a few things: having a set bedtime and maintaining a steady sleep schedule. Finding a way to wind down, such as with relax relaxation techniques, uh, things like breathing techniques can help. Uh, avoid alcohol, tobacco, and caffeine with with in at least a couple hours before you go to bed. Some people drink a little alcohol. Oh, let me have a little wine. It'll relax me. Uh, and some people, I suppose, they do get that relaxation. Problem problem is, uh, even though they're falling asleep, the alcohol may prevent them getting into deep deep sleep for a time. Dimming lights, you know, a lot of people think, oh, if I smoke a cigarette, actually cigarette increases the heart rate, um, the nicotine. Let's see, uh, dimming lights mm-hmm. and putting away electronics. You know, people that vape, well, you can tie that into that as well. Um, people that what? Vape. Oh. They, uh, that's really popular today. Everybody switched from smoking to vaping, and a lot of the chemicals in, in, in the vape chemicals they make for vaping is uh, are worse for you than, than the nicotine. So dimming lights, putting away electronic devices, getting regular exercise, uh, natural light exposure, maximizing comfort and support of, of your mattress, pillows, and bedding. Those are some basic things you can do. What do you do, mm-hmm. Nikki? Do you ever, ever have any issues with sleep? Yeah, I need more of it. That's my issue. But no, I have in the past tattoos. Like I was exposed to a moldy house. And when I was there, I had to get up every hour or two to pee because my body was trying to get rid of the mold, I think, detoxing. Um, I've also had, once we got out of that, then I had restless leg syndrome. And so, yeah, I had, I actually am on this thing called low dose naltrexone, which is um, a very small dose of naltrexone and it helps to regulate my immune system so that I don't have that issue. Other than that, I think I need more sleep now. Like I'm not having issues. I take magnesium every night and sometimes I do a magnesium bath, but that really helps me to kind of relax and I calm down. I don't usually watch a lot of TV at night right now for some reason, which I think is helpful because if I do, I I tend to, my brain takes a little bit longer to fall asleep. And you think about uh, that, the environment right before you go to bed is so significant. Where you sleep is important. Some people, they fall asleep, they sleep better, they they fall asleep in front of the TV, sitting on the couch, and then they get to bed and they can't get to sleep once they go to bed. It can be a common problem, so that's a reason to stop watching TV before you go to bed. Uh, Yeah. You know, change up that routine. Sometimes I memorize lines, like right now I'm memorizing lines for a scene in my acting class. And so I do that right before bed. I'll like run through, we we memorize where we write all of our lines down, no punctuation in a full paragraph. And so it's like basically a page full of writing and you just like read the whole thing or say it out loud. I do that like 10 times in a row. And that kind of just like almost tires out my brain (laughs) by the end of it. Good. So I'm like, okay, go to bed. Yeah. A lot of people will read before they go to bed, yeah. you know, I know, yeah, I know reading that. puts me to sleep. <laughs> 
listening to, uh, like with the hypnotherapy sessions that I do with patients with related to sleep, puts them through a process. By the time they, if they, if they listen to that before bed, by the time it ends, they're already asleep. Other things like brain training programs uh, where it actually uh, does uh, sounds that are very relaxing, sounds of nature. Yeah. A lot of people will listen to those. Those can help. I, I've created programs that uh, use with patients where producing a brainwave pattern in the background along with those nature sounds. So so you'll hear the start out in alpha and beta and then over a few minutes transition into theta and then over about uh, oh, 15 to 30 minute time frame depending on the person who uses it and how significant the problems are uh, by the time the uh, the program turns off it has the brain will tend to mimic that and so it gets it down into delta three so i've done patients like that before when i i you know i have my times here and there where i think stress creeps in and i won't be able to fall asleep right away and i've done that the meditations that you listen to for like 30 minutes or whatever it really is helpful yeah and we i recommend to my patients uh, the breathing techniques listening to the you know, doing the hypnotherapy sessions or the brain training programs, um, like we've already said, uh, all the different things to change up in the basic environment. Now, those things work for a, a high percentage of people, but if you're if you try those things and nothing seems to be working on there, another combination of things we we do with patients in our practice is, is nutritional. Look at their tr- nutritional issues because oftentimes foods. Uh, that you're eating can cause these problems or eating it at the wrong times mm-hmm. and, and not getting the proper nutrients where like with adrenal glands and and how they're functioning with the cortisol you, there's things you can do with your diet to to uh, change your cortisol levels to calm down your adrenal glands and and other things so you mm-hmm. kind of got to have a full evaluation you get through all those things and nothing seems to be working you may have some emotional issues that you then need help with and that can require anything from some basic uh, uh, emotional therapies to psychiatry, psychology. Maybe you got to work through the PTSD and all that before you can find you can sleep well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because some people would wake up with nightmares, right, from the PTSD? Right. They just can't stop thinking about those things. You know, one of the therapies that uh, my wife does called emotional release therapy, the process in, in, in helping the brain disconnect the emotional response to the experience. And so we found that works very well with people with those problems uh, so that you can actually think of this the situation but not respond emotionally to it. Um, I've known people over the years, I remember a woman years ago who she had experienced not, not one but two was raped two different times. She, of course, had some therapy, but one of the things she was able to do, and, and she was actually a very happy a pleasant person whenever I was around her and I was always kind of surprised at that that it didn't constantly haunt her but she was able to disassociate the occurrence with the emotional response so that she could talk about it think about it and and basically separate her emotions from the experience so that it didn't you know it's like it had happened to my body not to me um, oh. it, it, and the person who did these things was emotionally disturbed as well and and that that's another thing you know in those circumstances not to get off topic but uh, you know people that do crazy things are crazy for a reason too maybe they're yeah. sleep depri- sleep deprived as well um, yeah. <clears throat> but uh, times when you consider the the person that commits these crimes and why they committed them you know, obviously their brain wasn't functioning normally anyway, and it doesn't do a person any good to constantly dwell on what's happened to them, what's happening to others, how they can help others, 
how they can recognize that, hey, I still have my life, things are still okay, uh, I need to continue and, and let go of the, of the connection that keeps me constantly subdued and, and move on and live life. Uh, not, if, not an easy thing to do, I've never had that happen to me, so easier said than done, I'm sure, but it can, it can happen, it can, you can improve, you can be helped, and you know, that's where these things often lead to suicide, because people get to a point to where they don't believe anything can help them. <clears throat> they can't stop dwelling on the negative things that happened in their life, and if you can stop dwelling on those negative things, then you can move forward and find happiness. Yeah, I think that emotional release therapy is really helpful for restoring your hope because you can release and move forward, like you're saying. I think that's crucial. Yeah, you let it go and, and you just move forward. You know, I, I think from a, uh, not to get on to religion, but if you, if you look, that was a message, you know, a lot of the religious leaders in the history of the world, especially uh, when you look at the teachings of like Jesus, was all about letting it go. Forgiveness wasn't for the person that harmed you, really, it came down, forgiveness was for yourself. Not in that you're, you're forgiving them, you're forgiving yourself for, for maybe putting, you know, there's all kinds of reasons you can blame yourself for bad situations that happen to you, but that ability to let go of it, forgive it, forgive it, and forget it and forgive it, allows you, is the only thing that really allows you to move forward and find some happiness. As long as you keep dwelling on the negative, the negative, the negative, you'll never be happy. Yeah. So this is great, Dr. Cal. Thank you so much. Um, it sounds like sleep is crucial for the brain health, and which in turn affects your moods, your hormones, and a lot of things in your life. So to improve your sleep, you're saying there's things like hypnotherapy, breathing, relaxation, meditation. There's like I take magnesium. You could take a, a hot bath or shower. There are things that you can do, remove electronics from the last hour before you go to bed, just things like that Then you that you can create a routine to set yourself up for a good night's sleep. In addition to the foods, you know, that you eat, there's a lot of things that are going to affect your sleep, but affecting sleep and emotion is crucial because of that bi-directional relationship. You know, which came first, the chicken or the egg? Are you not sleeping well? Is it causing depression, anxiety? Either way, we have to fix it so that we can get good sleep, so that we can feel better and have a sense of wellness, right? Absolutely. And, and that's why we're covering all four topics here, the next one being environmental and how it affects our sleep and how we've done this um, related to, so far, the first three podcasts on sleep. We had nutritional, uh, we had the physical or exercise relationship and now the emotional and we're going to move on next to the environmental i'm so excited i can't wait all right thanks so thank much, you listeners, for for coming again this week on tuesday when we release our podcast we're excited we're going to finish up our series next week so please join us and find us wherever you listen to podcasts and tag a friend let them know what we're, what we're into here we're into wellness and recovery so let's uh wrap this up dr kell thank you so much thank you nikki okay Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye.